0: And so right relationship is maintaining that understanding, but not only with God, right? Not only sort of in that uh, vertical relationship, but horizontally. If God is God and you are also the creation and the beloved of God, then how I deal with you also has to change if I want to live out the humility I say I have vertically. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright.
1: Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Bishop Wright's Four Faith Weekly Devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Bishop, you chose the final chapter of Job as the inspiration for this week's devotion, you named Restored. And you have four different verses from which to choose every week, and we know you love variety. Yes. (laughs) But can you share a bit about what inspired you to go with this passage particularly?
0: Oh, my God. I mean, (laughs) it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I mean, to those who are listening, I mean, if if you don't know the book of Job, you know, get you you something, get you a hot beverage or get you a cocktail and, you know, curl up with this thing. I mean, this is a story for right now. This is a a good man who said his prayers and invested wisely and did all the right things, uh, and and hell comes to his house. He loses his family. He loses his wealth, uh, his reputation. He loses it all. Even his wife says, curse God and die. I mean, that's her only line in the whole book. Curse God and die, she tells her husband. And nevertheless, Job perseveres. He perseveres. And, and you got to read it all the way to the end to really see how God intervenes, right? I mean, it starts off with a contest between God and the devil, and Job ends up sort of being the, the, the brunt of all of that. But at the end, God pulls off an amazing rest- restoration. Uh, but, but on the way to that, and just prior to that amazing restoration of family and of wealth, and a reputation, Job gets into a one-on-one conversation with the creator of all that there is, the God of the universes. And and that's what I wanted to distill here, because I I think that uh, what I'm trying to say in this meditation is is that one of the restorations that needs to happen, I think, to to me and to all of us is, is that we've become so bright, and so knowledgeable, we have a, a supercomputer in our hands most of the day, our, our cell phones, and we think we know it all. And while we know some things, and while I've spent a lot of time in school, and I, I, have, uh, I celebrate the life of the mind and, and intellect and learning and training and all of that, taking away nothing from any of that, and yet, as human beings, if we're sure about anything, uh, it is, there's a lot we don't know. And and Job, in his conversation with God, gets to a place where he has to say out loud to God, you know, God, the things that you know are too wonderful me, for me. I just didn't know. And what I want to say to us right now is humility, humility is the beginning of real learning and not just intellectual learning, but heart learning. And so, I need to stand with humility before other brothers and sisters who have a life journey that's different from me. I need to stand at uh, with you know with humility in front of issues that face us as a community and face the world with some humility, and and not because I read an article here or read an article there, should I think that I should stand up, right? And be the font of all wisdom. I mean, this is the epitome of arrogance. And you see this in social media, et cetera. And what it does is, is it makes the community less elastic, less humble, and less uh, relational. It mm-hmm. makes it more brittle uh, and, uh, and and more arrogant. And it, make, it, it fends off learning and deep knowledge. And so Job had that forced on him uh, in a conversation with God. Oh, I love it. Come on. I mean, he asked Job, where were you when I told the sea to come this far and not any further? Where were you when I designed all the warehouses of the snow? Where were you? And just God goes on like that. And can you just imagine? And there's a line in the, in the story where God says to Job, stand up like a man and answer me. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and and. uh You know, I I think sometimes unconsciously, inadvertently, or perhaps consciously and arrogantly, we put ourselves in the position of knowing all, Mm. and and we shouldn't.
1: Okay, so can you share more about what you think it means to be in right relationship with God?
0: Oh, yeah. I I think, uh, as I've said in other ways uh, on this podcast— I think that um, the way we ought to be with God is that God is the maker and creator of the universe. In God is all perfect wisdom and knowledge and everything that I have, even the part of the truth that I have, right, is just a part of it. We don't see the full picture. And so I ought to behave, you you know, like I only have part of the picture, part of the truth, part of the understanding, and that I need God. For real wisdom. Yes, I can have lots of information, but I need God for wisdom. Wisdom about my own life and soul. Wisdom about my relationship to my spouse, to my children, to other people I'm in relationship with. So there there is always, God is always ahead of us and before us and under us and above us. God is complex And there is a complexity that we ought to honor in the way that we speak about God, speak to God, and speak to one another. And I see that being run roughshod over. I I see with our ability to publish every vagrant thought that we have on social media, uh, that perhaps uh, information is flourishing, but wisdom is not. And if wisdom is not flourishing, then humility is not flourishing. And so I want to be careful and and, and, highlight a a Bible verse from Job that helps us to be refreshed by the fact that I'm not God, right? And only God is God. And so my right relationship with God is is one who worships God, who praises God, who is a creation of God. I mean, I, I love that wonderful line in the Bible, shall the clay Say to the potter, thus and so forth. No, I am the clay. (laughs) God is the potter. And so right relationship is maintaining that understanding. But not only with God, right? Not only sort of in that uh, vertical relationship, but horizontally. If God is God and you are also the creation and the beloved of God, then how I deal with you also has to change if I want to live out the humility I say I have vertically.
1: All right. And on that note, we'll be right back after a short break.
0: This is Four People producer, Easton Davis, thanking you for listening to Four People. Four People is a space of digital evangelism dedicated to sharing the good news and leadership of Jesus Christ. Who do you know that needs to hear today's episode? Who do you want to hear it? Subscribe to Four People, and keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at bishop Rob Wright. And now back to Four People.
1: Welcome back to Four People. All right, Bishop. So, I have a confession to make. Um, I've never really loved the Book of Job. <laughs> and I know like I, you know, I have to say this too cuz last week when we recorded, you had you made a recommendation that that we become friends with and yeah. I have to say, so listeners, I a confession to you is that we recorded we recorded two two episodes back to back. And so I didn't get to apply that really great advice <laughs> <laughs> before today. And I can't wait to read Job through new lenses. But here's the deal like it's a hard book to read.
0: Yeah, very hard.
1: Because in my mind, it could reinforce the idea that we're just simple pawns in a game God and Satan play. Yeah. And I know that's not really the point of the book, yet it's also not a huge leap for less mature person of faith.
0: Yeah. Got yeah.
1: any thoughts on that? I'm just curious. Well,
0: I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think the Hebraic notion, first of all, let's stop, let's stop a minute here and, and say, yes, of course, there, there are people who could latch on to those kinds of translations and miss the entire point, right? But I, I understand how they would be tempted to take up those translations. Uh, we've got to remember that the Bible is many things. It's, it's poetry. It's, it's hymnody. It's hyperbole. It's history. It, it's, um, it's a story with a moral. Um, it's, it's, it's parable. It's lots of different kinds of things. It's a melange, as they say. It's lots of different kinds of things. And so when we get to Job, whether whether Job lived actually or died actually, whether God and Satan had this conversation about Job really is immaterial in many ways. Uh, In the Hebraic understanding, it is, let us have a story that is delicious, that doesn't have clean and clear conclusions, but keeps this notion of who is God, what is the character of God ever before so we can try to attend to it it brings the wisdom, the understood and earned wisdom of who this God is down into story form so we can make use of it in our own trials and tribulations. So so what is delicious about this story is, number one, <clears throat> uh, this notion of the devil is 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 revealed. So the devil isn't actually what we've made the devil out to be in Western culture, which is this sort of you know, this dude in a red suit, you know, with a spike tail and a pitchfork who's sitting on our shoulder making us do things. No, in the Hebraic understanding of the devil, the devil is the adversary, is the tester. And so the devil only comes to test what you say you actually believe. So in some ways, in, that, in a very complex and nuanced way, the devil is a resource. So that I can understand what is the quality of my faith? What is my determination as to faith, et cetera? So the devil is not making, <clears throat> excuse me, the devil's not making me do anything, right? The devil is just this person. In, well, think about the three temptations of Jesus. The devil doesn't make Jesus do anything, the devil simply poses questions. And it's up to Jesus based on his determination and understanding of God to be faithful in the face of the devil's questions. And so number one in Job, we get a nuanced sense of the devil. And I like that sense because then it's all about our agency. We don't get to be passive, right? So the devil is not making me do anything. Then the question is, then what do I really believe? You know, I mean, what do I say on Sunday and how do I live on Monday, right? So the devil has some questions about that. So we see that in Job. But number two, what we see in Job uh, is, is that, you know, what does it look like to have faith while you're suffering? That may be the primary gift of Job, is, is that, you know, faith will be stretched over time, and if it's stretched over time, then it will have highs and lows. And so do we have the kind of faith, like Job, that can be stretched over time and adversity? So that's another question too for us, like what is the quality and the nature of of our faith. If you lost everything, implicit in Job is, if you lost everything tomorrow, would you still believe?
1: So I'm looking at the word Job, and I realize that it's only one word off of the word joy.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Bishop, I know you have some thoughts about joy. I do. And I'm wondering how that might apply to the book of Job.
0: Well, to get some joy, you probably have to go through your job season, right? I mean, <laughs> well, no, really. What I like to say is, is that happiness has a lot to do with happenings, and so a lot of people are happy as long as the happenings are happening, right? Yeah. That things are bouncing along really nicely. You know, I've got the car and the health and the and the and the cute Facebook photos and everything is lovely, right? That's happiness, right? Mm-hmm. But joy comes uh, uniquely. Uh, well, let me say it this way. Uh, if, if happiness was a color, it would be bright red. It would be bright red, right? <laughs> and, Wait, why? Why? And it would just be neon and, and red and happy and you know <laughs> wonderful. But but if 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 joy was a color, it would be purple, and because purple is a mixture of red and blue, and mm-hmm. so it would be the happiness, but it would also be tempered by the blues, right? Uh, what we might call episodic depression. And for some of us, uh, some of us, even clinical depression, right? So what's, what's the good news is, is that joy is present even when I have the blues. Joy can be present even when I have the blues. Even when happiness takes her things and leaves, joy is still there, right? And so the truth of the matter is there's going to be some Job season in my joy. And, and, and that is the place right there where we want to stop and say to people who want to be mature Christians, Hold on. Trust God. God is ultimately trustworthy. You're in a season. Hold on. The truth of the matter is what we find out is if we live with God for a while, you're either going in a season of trouble, in the midst of a season of trouble, or you're coming out of some kind of trouble, right? So it bodes us well, it bodes, you know, for us to sort of increase our capacity to hold on to God, whether we're going in, in the middle of, or coming out of adversity. Job helps us reflect, would you trust God if you lost everything? If you, would you trust God if your friends turned against you? Would you trust God if all of your resources left, if you lost all of your family, if there were more funerals than baptisms in your life, would you trust God? And would you trust God if all that was happening and there was no clear end to your suffering in sight? That's the question. And so what I think the book of Job is trying to do is reveal for us what the genuine article of faith is. Job says something that is enigmatic in this. He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Mary, the mother of Jesus, says something akin to that. She said, at the announcement of Jesus' birth, she says, I'm yours. Let it be Let it be unto me according to your word. Jesus says the same thing in Gethsemane. I don't want this, but your will be done, not mine, right? The, the, the three uh, Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace say something equivalent. They say to the king, you can burn us up in this furnace, but God is still God. And so what we're trying to do here by highlighting Job is we're trying to make some mature Christians here. And the mature Christian understands that if wealth increases, hallelujah, but I do not fix myself on things. I fix myself on the fact that God loves me, I'm the beloved of God, and that God will provide for me. And even if I die, God is still real and I'll be welcomed into the bosom of God. That's the faith of Job.
1: Holy cow. So I, I, you know, you're talking about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in that referral. Have you ever heard of Shane and Shane? No. Oh my gosh. Bishop, they have this song. It's called burn us up.
0: Oh, wow. They're
1: Christian recording artists. And I've seen them a number of times in concert. It's fire. So check that out, man, because it's just, it's so good.
0: Well, let, let's take a step back for, you know, I just can just imagine people listening. Let's just take a step back and say, look, nobody wants any of this. There's there's no long line for people who want to, you know, hey, God, I, I, I want some, I want a double scoop of adversity so I can prove to you that I love you and I'm trusting you. Nobody wants that. Right. But, but, you know, in the real world, we have met people who have had this kind of what I call muscular faith. Right. Uh, you know, I, I have met time and time again people who rode the buses and uh, who attended the marches, participated in the marches, and were beaten up so that America could live out her full promise and extend her promises to all her citizens. When you meet those people, you meet them, and some of us know those people. When you meet those people, they have this sense about them that for them, death is not the worst thing that can happen to them. And so, you know, this is what we're talking about. Somehow, Job communicates that to us: that the death and suffering is not the worst thing that can happen to me. Right? I was a I was the uh, a priest of a congregation some some years ago, and I was all ready to to preach my sermon. It was a Thursday. I was ready to preach my sermon on a Sunday. I had already assembled all my resources, done all my work, and I uh, after I done uh, prepared my sermon, I called. A lady who was unwell in my parish. Uh, she had just got some bad news about breast cancer. And it was the third time. And uh, And I called her up to encourage her. And uh, about a minute into the conversation, she was encouraging me. And I thought to myself, dear God. So I, I tried something. I said, uh, well, would you mind preaching this Sunday? I think you have a message that the congregation wants to hear. I said, don't worry, I'm not avoiding my work. I've already written my sermon, (laughs) but you have a sermon. And she said, after just a pause, she said, yes. Now, I want to tell you something. This lady got up two times on Sunday, one at nine and one at 11 o'clock. And she said the equivalent uh, of this. She said, what she found out in the fiery furnace of breast cancer was that if if, if breast cancer took her that uh, the worst thing that could happen to her is that she would die and go and live with God. And she decided that that was okay. She wanted to stay for her family and friends, but if she had to die, that was okay. So there was no gap in her faith. She realized that God would be with her in breast cancer, and she realized that God would be with her if she died. And I want to tell you, if you were selling Kleenex that morning in church, you would have been a multi-millionaire because there was not a dry eye in the place. And why I wanted to showcase her in that congregation was that was the genuine article. That was the faith of Job. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And I just, there's no way that we could account for the faith that that released over those people that day. But I think some people heard in this woman's testimony that faith is a lot bigger than asking God to bless my little life and my little things.
1: (laughs) Bishop, thanks so much. Uh, Not only, uh, I I mean, you restored my, uh, (laughs) my appreciation for the book of Job. (laughs) Yeah, Bishop, thank you as always. And listeners, thank you to listening to four people. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll see you next week.